If you get a custom tailored suit, it's going to fit perfectly and make you look great. Think about that with a Noble First for your organization. No matter what the size of your company is, a Noble First will analyze your data and collaborate with you to custom tailor digital solutions so you can focus on making your organization grow. When it comes to data-centric solutions specifically for your organization, choose a Noble First. A Noble First makes living simple. See for yourself at anoblefirst.com, E-N-N-O-B-L-E first.com. Would you believe record numbers of pets were purchased in the height of the COVID-19 pandemic? But now with life getting back to normal, animal shelters are being inundated. Pounding shelters all over Australia are overflowing. Meanwhile, thousands of Australians have joined the call for the New South Wales Government to provide crucial funding to a Sydney pound so it doesn't have to close. On the line from the Sydney Dogs and Cats Home, General Manager Melissa Penn. Hi, Melissa. Now, hi, Bill. Hi. Before we get into the problem of surrendered pets, let's get on to your funding. What's your mm. current situation? Yeah, so we uh, contacted the New South Wales Government a year ago um, to request funding to support the build of our permanent facility. Um, unfortunately, in June of this year, uh, they told us they won't be funding our uh, oh. build, which is very disappointing. Um, but we have uh, reinstated conversations with the government since then, and, and they're positive. Um, they haven't committed funding yet, but they are positive conversations, which is really hopeful. Um, and Chris Minns, the shadow um, premier, has pledged an election funding promise that should he form government in March of next year, that the um, New South Wales Labor government will support us with funding the um, facility build. So how dire is your situation? Yeah, it's, it's really dire. Um, the, the whole sector is in crisis um, with pounds and shelters overflowing at the moment. And so is this in Sydney and Brisbane too? Look, it's a national problem. In fact, it's a global problem, to be to be frank. Um, you know, I, I talk about Sydney because that's where we service. Yeah. Um, but this sector crisis is all around Australia, um, particularly around the east coast of Australia. So shelters, pounds, rescue organisations um, in every state are overflowing and are at, and are at capacity, um, which has been sort of a post-COVID issue. Um, during the pandemic, we saw... Um, really empty shelters, which was a wonderful thing to see, really low numbers of animals in shelters. Um, we saw the highest growth in um, pet ownership happen through the pandemic. But now, unfortunately, on the other side, um, we're seeing the negative impact on that and we're seeing high rates of lost and abandoned and animals needing to be surrendered, um, which means that um, pounds and shelters are overflowing. So this is a really vital time for us to be so, able to continue our service. So let's talk about you at the moment. Mm, You're Sydney's yeah. only charity pound. How do you differ from other pounds? Yeah, so the biggest thing is that we never put a time limit on an animal. Um, so we give an animal as long as it needs to find a, a forever home. There are some shelters and rescue organisations that aren't able or willing to do that, where they do have to, particularly with capacity constraints, oh, yeah. um, euthanise healthy animals, um, but we won't do that. Um, so that's probably our biggest point of So difference. what area do you serve? So we service eight councils across Sydney, which is over 100 suburbs, um, which is well over 1.1 million Sydney siders and their pets. Now, if people want to help, how can they help you? 
There's a number of ways. Um, obviously, donations are, are really critical, not just for building the new facility, but our ongoing um, operating costs. It's really expensive to provide the, the care that we do to these animals. Um, so we're always looking for donations, um, businesses, if, if businesses are able to support us. Um, and obviously, you know, lobbying local councils and um, MPs for government support so we can secure that government funding to build the permanent facility. Now, I understand calls seeking to surrender pets have shot up unbelievably since the COVID-19 lockdown ended. Um, what do you put this yeah. down to? Yeah, look, it's it's a really sad situation at the moment. We're personally receiving over 100 calls every week with people needing Gee. or wanting to surrender. Yeah, which is really alarming. Um, and we're not in the position where we can help these people, unfortunately, without oh. a permanent shelter. Um, and this is mainly... There's three contributing factors to that. Um, there's rental crisis, so um, people aren't able to have their pets in rental accommodation, and when they're needing to move, they can't take their animals with them. There's financial pressures where people are feeling that they can't afford to keep their pets, yes. um, which is awful. And then there's the behavioural issues, which is probably the largest cause that we're seeing. Um, when people purchase pets through COVID, pets weren't socialised. Um, they weren't socialised with other animals. They weren't socialised oh. with many people. And now we're seeing as people go back to work, um, animals are being left on their own. They're showing um, anxiety and destructive behaviours mm. and people aren't coping. Um, so instead of sort of looking for supports to help with those behavioural concerns so that they can keep their animals, um, they're choosing to surrender and, and rehome those animals. So it's another another thing putting stress on an already um, uh, situ a crisis situation oh. with the shelters overflowing. So can you take more animals? No, we can't at the moment. We can't keep up with the demand. We're operating out of a temporary facility at the moment. We were evicted from our, our shelter in January of this year. Why they were you sold, evicted? Yeah, they sold the property um, to develop it. So they're building a, a nice big block of apartments where our shelter was. We were there for over 77 years. Um, so we were moved out of there at the beginning of this year. We're now operating in two temporary sites, which is not meeting the need either operationally with capacity um, requirements or financially. It's very expensive to run two sites, which is why we desperately need this permanent facility so that we can meet the community need and take, take more animals than we can at the moment um, and have a, a sustainable model so that we can secure our future. So I suppose when people ring in, you do your best mm. to refer people to other places and organisations, but um, gosh, it'll be a real struggle, won't it? Yeah, it's a struggle for us and a struggle for a lot of other organisations. And it's it's also a struggle for members of the community who would love to be able to keep their pets and don't feel that they can. Are people so kind of do... crying on the line when they talk to you? Yeah, it's a very emotional um, thing. Um, you know, I always get concerned when they're not upset by that decision, but most people are genuinely upset by that decision. And, you know, on, on our side, it puts a huge strain on our staff when they get phone call after phone call of people crying out for help um, and we can't help them. So it's a really dire situation and we're desperate to try and, and help these people, but without a shelter, we can't. Now, um, do you reckon cost of living is part of it and rent increases? 
it's a huge part of it. Um, you know, people are struggling financially. Um, that's something that we've seen coming out of the pandemic. Um, cost of living is is really high at the moment, um, and the cost of care of an animal is quite high. You know, if, if an animal has medical needs, um, that can be quite expensive for people. So if if they're choosing between, you know, sending their their kids to school with a, a full tummy or, you know, providing vet care to their animal. Quite often it's the animal that um, that suffers. Yeah. I read a story a little while ago about a pets dumped in shelter, dumped at shelters and, mm. and even council collections. And mm. in June, the RSPCA reported that um, a 10-year-old puppy or a 10-day-old puppy was found in an esky on the front lawn of a vacant Western Sydney property and it was reportedly dumped there as mm. part of a clean-up, and yep. it was eight degrees outside and a one-degree wind chill, and yeah, the puppy awful. was found alive and then died. That's yeah, really that, terrible, that's... isn't it? Do you hear stories mm. like that? Yeah, look, we get dumped animals with us, um, unfortunately, very regularly. Um, you know, when people can't get the support they need to surrender an animal, quite often they're forced to do desperate things, and that includes dumping animals. Um, We've had a few recently um, that fortunately have ended well. Um, a, a little kitten that was found um, in a, you know, a, a puddle um, that was not breathing. We were able to resuscitate and, and bring back to life, and she's doing very well. We had another cat dumped in a backpack with a broken leg and severely unwell, um, and we were able to provide the medical care that that cat needed, um, which was quite intensive care that it needed, yeah. um, which was incredibly costly to us but that cat deserves a, a chance of a, a happy long life and we were fortunately able to give it that. So I suppose they'd leave that like with you because they're desperate and they really want the pet looked after don't they? That's exactly right and you know people in desperate times do de desperate things and, and we think it's awful to dump a cat however um, if that means that the cat did get the care that it needed and, and survived, um, then, you know, perhaps it, it's the right thing for that particular yeah. cat. But we'd like to be in a situation where people weren't dumping animals, where we could actually provide the care and support that they needed. Now, what about adoption? Are people taking pets in large enough numbers? No, adoption numbers are really low this year. Um, again, you know, through the pandemic, we saw adoption numbers increase, which was really lovely. On the other side, um, adoption numbers are really low, so we're having higher numbers of animals come in and lower numbers of animals go out with low adoption. So that's another part of the problem. So it's, it's really important that that message of adopting, not shopping, is, is out to educate people about supporting shelters and rescue organisations to so, adopt animals. So if people would, listening would like a companion pet, mm. what should they do, Melissa? Yeah, look, to, to reach out to a local rescue organisation um, and to talk to them. What, one thing we do, um, which does also set us apart, is we do really um, close matching. So when people talk to us about what they would like in a pet, we match a pet to them. So that not only is it the best outcome for the animal, that they've got the right home for them, but it's the best outcome for the family to make sure that the animal they're getting suits their needs and lifestyle. And that's really important. You know, if people love the look of a, a working dog that lives in an inner city apartment. That's not a great match. Um, so we, we look at the animal's needs, we look at the human needs and we match them. So it's really important that people reach out to their shelters and talk to them about what they need to suit their lifestyle and let the shelters help them find the right match. Melissa Penn. Mm -hmm. Thanks for talking to us tonight. 
and we Thanks hope we all do. We all hope your funding situations resolve soon. Thank and you. Look, darling, thanks for the wonderful job you do at the Sydney Dog and Cats Home. God bless thank you. Thank you so much. Thank thanks you, Thanks for talking to us tonight. Okay. Thank you.